Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul fast this morning. Lord, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you once again for the grace to come into your presence this morning. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you because by that blood I can call you Father. By that blood I can worship your name this morning. Be glorified forevermore in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we declare this morning that you are Jehovah. We declare this morning that you are Yahweh. We declare this morning that you are the God who is from everlasting to everlasting. We declare this morning that you are the Lord of heaven's armies. We declare this morning that you are our King. Be glorified forevermore. Be praised forevermore. Be magnified forevermore in the name of Jesus. Lord, we come into your presence to bless you this morning. We come into your presence to lift up, Lord, and to magnify your name. We ask, Lord, in the time that we are here, Lord, speak to us. Lord, put your word in our hearts and let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eye Nike, welcoming you to devotion and this time in the presence of God. We continue our reading of the book of Jeremiah. Yes, yesterday we stopped on chapters 24. Today we take three more chapters, chapters 25, 6, and 27. Yes, promises to be educative, promises to be inspiring in the presence of God today. In chapter 25, Jeremiah for the first time tells them specifically, tells the children of Israel that look, or the children of Judah, this captivity or this stay in exile will last for 70 years. Okay? It is the words of Jeremiah that Daniel will read and then realize that, look, the time for the captivity, okay, their stay in exile to, to end at come. Okay? So Jeremiah says that, look, it's going to be 70 years. Also, okay, God gives this word to Jeremiah and tells him to send it, to take it to every single, every single nation, okay, of that time, all the major nations of that time. And Jeremiah does that, okay? So we'll see that. Um, in Jeremiah chapter 26, you know, Jeremiah escapes death again, okay? So the people try to kill to kill Jeremiah, actually, they will kill Uriah, Uriah, one of the, the prophets, they will kill him, you know, in fact, Uriah is one of those, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 37, 
is talking about that some of them, you know, uh, died by the sword. Yes. So he is one of those who Hebrews chapter 11 verse 37 is talking about. So we will see that, okay, the plots to kill Jeremiah and how God delivers him from, from, from the people of Judah. And finally, chapter 27, Jeremiah will do another metaphor to teach to teach Judah. Jeremiah wears a yoke. So we look at the implication of that. Please get your Bibles and let's read together. Jeremiah chapter 25. It says, This message for all the people of Judah came to Jeremiah from the Lord during the fourth year of Jehoiakim's reign over Judah. So one of the things you have to learn to pay attention to when you're reading the book of Jeremiah. Okay, so... Um, the words have been compiled, but they have not necessarily been, been arranged, okay? So you have to be very careful that when you are reading that some of his prophecies that we have read now that were towards the end of Jeremiah's okay, life, okay? And there are some, okay? So he says here that this message for all the people of Judah came to Jeremiah from the Lord during the fourth year of Jehoiakim's reign. So we know that obviously Jeremiah started prophesying all the way from, you know, from Josiah's reign. And then after Josiah, Josiah passed on, Jehoahaz, you know, comes and is the next king. After Jehoahaz passes on, then you have Jehoiakim, okay? So it says that it was in the fourth year of Jehoiakim's reign over Judah. It says this was the year when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon began his reign. Okay, so it meant that Nebuchadnezzar did not live for for so um, had not been king of Babylon for so long. But by the time he came to you know to capture to capture and take Judah into exile, remember that Jehoiakim himself reigned for eleven years. Okay, so if this was you know, if this was um, four year, the fourth year of Je- Jehoiakim's reign, and um, four years into his reign, Nebuchadnezzar himself becomes becomes king. Uh, so it meant that within seven years, Nebuchadnezzar was going to come. Says Jeremiah the prophet said to all the people, verse two, in Judah and Jerusalem, for the past twenty three years. Yes, and remember he had been prophesying from the days of Josiah. since from the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, until now, the Lord has been giving me his messages. I have faithfully passed them on to you, but you have not listened. Again and again, the Lord has sent you his servants, the prophets, but you have not listened or even paid attention. Each time uh, the message was this, Turn from the evil road you are traveling and from the evil things you are doing. Only then will I let you live in this land that the Lord gave to you and your ancestors, ancestors forever. Since do not provoke my anger by worshiping idols you made with your own hands. Then I will not, I will not harm you. Okay, so all through as Jeremiah is prophesying, God's message to them is turn, change, okay, so that I do not destroy this place. We know the outcome, right? Of course, they insist to continue to live in their home ways. 
but God says that if you don't change, okay, you will provoke my anger, okay, by worshiping the idols that you are doing today. And that, I look, I will arm you. It is, but you will, they will not listen, says the Lord. You made me furious by worshiping idols you made with your own hands, bringing on yourself all the disasters you now suffer. And now the Lord of heaven armies says, because you have not listened to me, I will gather together all the armies of the north under King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, whom I have appointed as my deputy. I will bring them all against this land and its people and against the surrounding nations. I will completely destroy you and make you an object of horror and contempt and he ruined forever. Since I will take away your happy singing and laughter, the joyful voice of bridegroom and brides will no longer be heard. Your millstones will, f- will fall silent and the light in your homes will go out. This entire land will become a desolate wasteland. Israel and our neighboring lands will serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. So yes, Jeremiah mentioned it 70, exactly. It was going to be 70 years. In fact, Jeremiah would even call all the nations that the Babylonians were going to com- conquer. He says, yes, well, they will serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. He says, then after the 70 years of captivity are over, I will punish the king of Babylon and his people for their sins, says the Lord. I will make the country of, of the Babylonians a wasteland forever. I will bring upon them all the terrors I have promised in this book, all the penalties announced by Jeremiah against the nations. Uh, many nations and great kings will enslave the Babylonians just as they enslaved my people. I will punish them in proportion to the suffering they caused my people. Wow. All right, verse 15 says, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, said to me. Take from my hand this cup filled to the brim with my anger and make all the nations to whom I send you drink from it. Since when they drink from it, they will stagger, crazed by the warfare I will send against them. Okay, so whenever the Bible talks about cup, okay, sometimes, you know, it can refer it can refer to prayers at the same time it can refer to the patience of god you know so sometimes it talks about the judgment of god okay so when god says look take from my hand you know this cup it's talking about the judgment that god was going to bring against the nation he said look um, um, it says, fill to the brim with my anger and make all the nations to whom I send you drink from it. Since when they drink from it, they will stagger crazed by the warfare I will send against them. Says, so I took the cup of anger from the, from the Lord and made all the nations drink from it. Every nation to which the Lord sent me. I went to Jerusalem. Okay. So it meant, he said, I went to Jerusalem and the other towns of Judah. And there, kings and officials drank from the cup. From that day until this, they have been, they have been a desolate ruin, an object of horror, contempt, and cursing. Okay, so it meant that when he said he gave it to them to drink, meant that he went there to proclaim, to proclaim, uh, okay, to proclaim the word of God. So I can just imagine because the nations that 
uh, Jeremiah would then mention would have been very, very many. So how could Jeremiah have gone around to give all the nations okay, the words that he was speaking? So like I have said before, even King Nebuchadnezzar knows of the words that Jeremiah was prophesying. Okay, So I think one of the ways this would have happened was to send it through their ambassadors. Yes, send it through their ambassadors to take to those uh, to the different to the different to the different nations. Verse 19 says, I gave the cup to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, his attendant, his officials, and all his people, along with all the foreigners living in that land. I also gave it to the kings of the land of Oz and the kings of the Philistine cities of Ashkelon, Gaza, Ekron, and what remains remains of Ashdod. Since then I gave the cup to the nations of Edom, Moab, and Ammon, and the kings of Tyre and Sidon, and the kings of the regions across the sea. I gave it to Dedan, Tema, and Boz, and to the people who live in distant places. I gave it to the kings of Arabia, the kings of the nomadic tribes of the desert, and to the king of Zimri, Elam, and Media. I, and I gave it to the kings of the northern countries, far and near, one after the other, all the kingdoms of the world. And finally, the king of Babylon himself drank from the cup of the Lord's anger. Then the Lord said to me, Now tell them, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, Drink from this cup of my anger, get drunk, and vomit, fall to fill Fall to rise no more, for I am sending terrible wars against you. And if they refuse to accept the cup, tell them the Lord of heaven's army says, You have no choice uh, but to drink from it. I have begun to punish Jerusalem, the city that bears my name. Now should I let you go unpunished? No, uh, you will not escape disaster. I will call for war against all the nations of the earth. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Says now, prophesy, prophesy all these things and say to them, the Lord will roar against his own land uh, from his only dwelling in heaven. He will shout like those who tread grapes. He will shout against everyone on earth. His cry of judgment will reach the ends of the earth, for the Lord will bring his case against all the nations. He will judge all the people of the earth, slaughtering the wicked with the sword. I, the Lord, have spoken. Uh, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. Look, disaster will fall upon the nation, upon, will fall upon nation after nation. A great whirlwind of fury is rising from the most distant corner of the earth. In that day, those the Lord has slaughtered will fill the earth from one end to the other. No one will mourn for them or gather up their bodies to bury them. They will be scattered on the ground like manure. Weep and mourn. You evil shepherd, roll in the dust, you leaders of the flock. The time of your slaughter has arrived. You will fall and shatter like a fragile vase. You will find no place to hide. There will be no way to escape. Listen to the frantic cries of the shepherd. The leaders of the flock are wailing in despair, for the Lord is ruining their pastures. 
peaceful meadows will be turned into a wasteland by the Lord's fierce anger. He has left his den like a strong lion seeking its prey, and their land will be made desolate by the sword of the enemy and the Lord's fierce anger. Wow. Okay, so Jeremiah prophesies this and sends this word to all the nation of that time. Okay, everyone, everyone got it. And they knew that, look, they had no choice. The um, war was coming, okay, Babylon was coming, and they were going to overcome every single nation of the world. All right, let's move on to chapter 26. Here we will see the plot to kill Jeremiah and how he will escape. It says that this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord early in the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah. This is what the Lord says. Stand in the courtyard in front of the temple of the Lord and make an announcement to the people who have come there to worship from all over Judah. Give them my entire message, include every word. Perhaps they will listen and turn turn from their evil ways. Then I will change my mind about the disaster I am ready to pour out on them because of their sins. Okay, so the object, the purpose of these warnings was to get Israel to turn. He says, say to them, this is what the Lord says. If you will not listen to me and obey my word, I have given you. And if you will not listen to my servant, the prophets, for I sent them again and again to warn you, but you would not listen to them. So, okay, so Jeremiah was not the only prophet prophesying. We know Isaiah had prophesied before. Uriah too was prophesying. Jeremiah was prophesying and they were all saying the same thing without taking notes from one another he says um i have warned you but you would not listen to them verse 6 says then i will destroy this temple as i destroyed shiloh the place where the tabernacle was located and i will make jerusalem an object of cursing in every nation on earth Isaiah prophesied the same thing. God was going to destroy this temple just like he destroyed Shiloh. And I'm telling you, sometimes when you're looking at the experiences of Jeremiah, you can almost mirror it with the experiences, the things that Jesus will himself will go through. Seven says that the priest, the prophet, and all the people listened to Jeremiah as he spoke in front of the Lord's temple. But when Jeremiah had finished his message, saying everything the Lord had told him to say, the priest and the prophet and all the people at the temple mobbed him. Kill him, they shouted. What right do you have to prophesy in the Lord's name that this temple will be destroyed like Shiloh? What do you mean saying that Jerusalem will be destroyed and left with no inhabitants and all the people threatened him as he stood in front of the temple? Remember that the same thing happened to Jesus, right? When the Pharisees, you know, uh, one of the accusations they made against him was that he said that he could destroy the temple and in three days he would, he would build it. So every, anyone who dare prophesies against the temple and says that God will destroy it. I'm telling you, you know that you were your life was in danger. Okay? Your life was in danger. How could God destroy his own resting place? How could God bring judgment upon the very place where his name is? And you, of course, we know the accounts. 
God does bring judgment because the people refuse to turn from their ways. And I'm telling you, big lessons, big lessons for us. Just because we go to church will not save us. Just because, okay, uh, you carry a Bible okay, will not will not save you. Just because there is a temple in Jerusalem will not did not save them. Okay, it had to be their relationship, how they were living their lives, their relationship with God. Verse ten says that when the officials of Judah heard what was happening, they rushed over from the palace and sat down at the new gate of the temple to hold court. The priest and the prophet presented their accusation to the officials and the people. This man should die, they said. You have heard with your own ears what a traitor he is, for he has prophesied against this city. Then then Jeremiah spoke to the officials and the people of Israel. In his own defense, the Lord sent me to prophesy against this temple and this city. He said, the Lord gave me every word that I have spoken. But if you stop your sinning and begin to obey the Lord your God, he will change his mind about about this disaster that he has announced against you. As for me, I am in your hands. Do with me as you think best. But if you kill me, rest assured that you will be killing an innocent man. The responsibility for such a deed will lie on you, on this city, and on every person living in it. For it is absolutely true that the Lord sent me to speak every word you have heard. Okay, so obviously they cut the they had captured Jeremiah. They wanted to kill him. They brought him before the court just the same way that they brought Jesus before the court and they were bringing up accusation against him. And of course, Jeremiah is innocent, just like Jesus would be innocent. He says, then the officials and the people said to the priest and the prophet, this man does not deserve the death sentence, for he has spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. Then some of the wise old men stood and spoke to all the people assembled there. They said, remember when Micah of Moreshet prophesied during the reign of King of King Ezekiah of Judah. He told the people of Judah. Yes, it's the same Michael that we will soon read. Okay, his account later, later, later in the Bible. He says he told the people of Judah. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says: Mount Zion will be plowed like an open field. Jerusalem will be reduced to ruins. A ticket will grow on the heights where the temple now stands. But did Ezekiah and the people kill him for saying this? No. They turned from their sins and worshipped the Lord. They begged him for mercy. Then the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had pronounced against them. So we are about to do ourselves great harm. At this time, okay, so obviously it made, um, there were a few people, especially the much older people, who would have seen some of the things that happened to the to the earlier generations or at least I've read about them okay they were trying to defend Jeremiah that look ah when other prophets prophesied against Judah okay and we changed we turned from our wicked ways God did not bring that his destruction God brought we we experienced peace and God forgave us why not let's listen to this man and ask God for forgiveness okay so in verse 20 it says that at that time 
Uriah, son of Shemahiah, from Kiriath Jerim, was also prophesying from the, for the Lord. So Uriah himself was also a prophet, and he predicted the same terrible disaster against the city, against the city and nation as Jeremiah did. When King Jehoiakim and the army and the army officers and officials heard what he was saying, the king sent someone to kill him. But Uriah heard about the plan and escaped in fear to Egypt. Then uh, King Jehoiakim sent El Nathan, a uh, son of Akbor, to Egypt along with several other men to capture Uriah. They took him from uh, they took him prisoner and brought him back to King back to King Jehoiakim. The king then killed Uriah with a sword and had him buried in an unmarked grave. Grave. Okay, so when it talks about those who were killed with the sword, those who were stoned, and those who were sunned, okay, um, sunned into two, okay, uh, Uriah was among those who were killed by killed by the sword. Okay, but one of the things that comes to me here is that Uriah is doing exactly the same thing that Jeremiah is doing, um, yet he is killed, and Jeremiah will be preserved, and. Sometimes, of course, as a young Christian, I used to wonder, so how do I know if I'm going to be the one that will be preserved or <laughs> I'm supposed to be the one that will be destroyed? Uh, one thing that is clear is that when the Lord is the one protecting you, when the Lord's hand is upon you, you have no choice but to do what God sent you to do. But when God is protecting you, I'm telling you, no man can touch you. So they killed Uriah and buried him in an unmarked grave. He said, nevertheless, Haikam, son of Shaphan, stood up for Jeremiah and persuaded the court not to turn him over uh, to the mob to be killed. So again, Jeremiah survives. I can tell you, imagine the number of times. I think it's been three three or four times now that they've tried, they've tried to, kill, to kill Jeremiah. All right, let's read chapter 27. In chapter 27, Jeremiah wears a wooden ox yoke. Yes, an ox yoke. And again, this one is a metaphor with which he will be trying to teach the nation. The nation. It says, this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord early in the reign of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah. So we know that this is after the reign of of Jehoiakim, okay? Jehoiakim's reign had come to, the, to an end with all the evil that he committed. You know, eventually Nebuchadnezzar will come, would would put Je- Jerusalem under siege, eventually capture it, okay? And, you know, take out, take out Jehoiakim, you know, and eventually, you know, uh, his son, and in the end, Zed, you know, Zedekiah, son of Josiah, okay, will become, will become the next king. Okay, remember that Jehoashin uh, was first king before Zedekiah. Jehoashin is the son of Jehoiakim. Okay, uh, Je- Jehoashin was the one that uh, Nebuchadnezzar carried off into exile and installed Zedekiah to become king. He says that this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord early in the reign of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah. This is what the Lord says to me make a yoke and fasten it on your neck with with leather strap 
then sent messages to the kings of Edom, Moab, Ammon, Tyre, and Sidon through their ambassadors who have come to sing to see King Zedekiah in Jerusalem. So they came to see the king. Remember that it is King Nebuchadnezzar that made him installed him as king. And I'm telling you, for a few years, Zedekiah would will continue to pay tributes to Nebuchadnezzar until he will he will rebel against the Babylonians and of course decide that he's going to fight against them. Verse 4 says, give them this message for their master. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, with my great strength and powerful arm, I made the earth and all its people and every animals. I can give these things of mine to anyone I choose. Now I will give your countries to King Nebuchadnezzar of of Babylon, who is my servant. I have put everything, even the wild animals, under his control. All the nations will serve him, his sons and his grandsons, until his time is up. Then many nations and great kings will conquer and rule over Babylon. So you must submit to Babylon, to, the, for, to Babylon's king, and serve him. Put your neck under Babylon's yoke. I will punish any nation that refuses to be his slave, says the Lord. I will send war famine and disease upon that nation until Babylon has conquered it. So imagine getting this as a king, you know, that a prophet in, in, in Jerusalem is prophesying and he says that, look, the only way to survive what was coming was to become prisoners, was to submit to the Babylonians. I'm sure, of course, all of them were like rubbish. And of course, the Babylonian became the superpower of that time. They overcame everyone. It says, do not listen to your false prophets, fortune tellers, interpreters of dreams, mediums, and sorcerers who say the king of Babylon will not conquer you. They are all liars, and their lies will lead to your being driven out of your land. I will drive you out and send you far away to die. My problem is these false prophets, these interpreters of dream, have been prophesying all this time. Compare it against the prophecy of Jeremiah. Okay, Jeremiah, Jeremiah's prophecy came to pass, you know, against Josiah, against Jehoiakim, against Jehoiakim, and then against Jehoiakim. Okay, now you are in the reign of the reign of Zedekiah. This person is prophesying, and you are choosing not to listen to him again. Hmm? So I don't know what kind of ears those these people had, or what kind of people they were. But, you know, he told them the king of Babylon uh, will conquer you. But, but stop listening to them, telling you that the king of Babylon will not conquer you. He says they are all liars and their lies will lead to your being driven out of your land. I will drive you out and send you far away to die. He says, but the people of any nation that submits to the king of Babylon will be allowed to stay in their own country to farm the land as usual. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then I repeated at this same message to King Zedekiah of Judah. If you want to leave, submit to the submit to the yoke of the king of Babylon and his people. And it's made sense, right? Okay? The Babylonians overcame Jehoachin, okay? And carried him off to exile. And then they made you king, okay? So for whatever reason, I'm sure there must be a reason why, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, obviously, that the reign has shifted from okay away from the brothers okay Josiah's children okay to one of them whose son was the one that was carried away okay so 
it was literally their uncle that was now made king okay so for whatever reason the babylonians have made you king uh he says submit to their submit to their yoke submit to their rule okay and you will survive he says submit to this yoke of the king of babylon and his people why do you insist on dying you and your people why should you choose war famine and disease which the lord will bring against every nation that refuses to submit to the to the babylon to babylon's king do not listen to the false prophet who keep telling you the king of babylon will not conquer you they are liars this is what the lord says i have not sent these prophets they are telling you lies in my name so i will drive you from this land uh, you will all die you and all these all these prophets too then i spoke to the priests and the people and said this is what the lord says do not listen to your prophets who claim that soon the gold articles taken from my temple will be returned from babylon it is all a lie do not listen to them surrender to the king of babylon and you will leave why should this whole city be destroyed if they really are prophets and speak the lost message let them pray to the lord of heaven's army let them pray that the articles remaining in the lost temple and in the king's palace and in the palaces of the jerusalem will not be carried away to Babylon. For the Lord of heaven's armies has spoken about the pillars in front of the temple, the great bronze basin, are called the sea, the water cart, and all the other ceremonial articles. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon left them here when he exiled Jehoashim, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, to Babylon, along with all the other nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. Yes, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says about the precious things still in the temple, in the palace of Judah's king and in Jerusalem. They will all be carried away to Babylon and will stay there until I send for them, says the Lord. Then I will bring them back to Jerusalem again. Wow. Okay, so um, what lesson do I want us to take from today's reading? Um, It is just about the confrontations or the uh, seeming opposite words that was coming from Jeremiah, coming from Uriah, coming from Mika, okay, um, to the people, compared to the to the words that were coming from from the prophets. And I think that we need to learn from that because the Bible tells us that in our own times we will face the same thing. The Bible actually says that even the elects, okay, even Christian believers will many believers will be deceived. I'm praying for you. You will not be deceived in the mighty name of Jesus. But I want us to pray this morning that God will give us the courage that he gave Jeremiah. The way Jeremiah was able to stand in the face of intimidation. I want us to pray for the same thing, don't you think? It's a good prayer point, right? So I want us to ask Lord this morning, Lord, give us boldness. Give us courage like you gave the disciples when they were threatened, when they were being persecuted and they were willing to stand up for for the cross. They were willing to stand up for Christ. Father, give us the same courage this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. Father, we pray for boldness. We pray for courage. We pray, Lord God, for the will to be able to stand uh, for our faith, to declare your word, even in the face of intimidation, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you.
Enjoy your day.